What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Sunday, August 18th, 2013, and you guys are listening to episode 123, uh, and a good 123 it shall be. No, I did not want that to rhyme and sound that stupid, but it will be a good one, everybody. Um, got a lot of shit to talk about. I hope all of you guys have been doing well uh, in between these podcasts last week. I hope everybody enjoyed the weather. We had some really good weather here in New York, and uh, well, maybe I enjoyed it more because I am in my new home here in the country in... Uh, in uh, northern Westchester County. I don't want to give my town out, if you could notice. I don't know. I just don't want to give my town out. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't fucking know. Anyways, got a great show. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, saw a movie. A um, little bit of sports. Not much of sports. But I uh, want to shoot the shit about... Um, so be a lot of stuff to talk about today. I got a lot of shit, so we're going to get right into this. So sit back, relax, whatever you're doing. Uh, you're probably at work, bored, hating being there. So hopefully I can make uh, your day better. If you're in the car, you drive better, or if you're working out. Well, if you're working out, you shouldn't be listening to me. You should be listening to some cool music or watching something stupid on the screen in front of you instead of listening to me rant and ramble about shit, but... If I bring you humor, hey, that's what it is about. I'm kind of decompressing from humor because I did a show tonight in New York City at Stand Up New York. I had a 925 spot, got in the car right when I got off stage or a little after I got off stage and came right back home. So I'm kind of in decompressing mode, but that's just from performing. I will still give you guys the goods. As always, the Bursey Effect podcast show is sponsored by by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Butterfly Radio allows you to send up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcasts, and um, that podcast can get right back to you, send your personal message back. Also, you can register on ButterflyRadio.com to get your own um, podcasts, multiple podcast channels, whatever you want to do, put photos up, and uh, the new and improved Butterfly Radio allows you to listen to all your favorite podcasts, so many are on there, because the full episodes of podcasts, has amazing podcasts on there, so check out Butterfly Radio, now, I was going to do the Butterfly Radio Unacceptable Contest, and uh, I told you guys I would make a decision this week, and I've decided to hold off, because what I want to do is, I want to get 10 to 15 entries a week, and um, until that happens, uh, you know, I'm going to just announce people's funny ones. There was a couple of really funny ones, and uh, I will I will talk about those now. And also, if you do want to submit, because there are some people that don't go to Butterfly and they want to submit, and um, th- I wanted to do it as a part of Butterfly. So if you do send me one, if you don't have an iPhone, if you can't get Butterfly and it's really funny, I will announce it. But what I want to do is direct those people to, to getting Butterfly. So um, I'm going to hold off and wait, but I still will read some of the real funny ones and we'll eventually get to something where um, we will do a contest. And that actually leads me to, I want to talk about some of these because these were fucking, some of these were hilarious. And um, some of the usual suspects that go on to the butterfly had some funny ones. Um, so I want to get to those 
right now. Um, Dave Stein, David Stein, who's a friend of the show, um, and I believe his podcast is on Butterfly, the Hey My Man podcast, and um, I hope I got this right, David, but I believe you're out of Chicago. I believe you are. And, um, but we've, you know, I've, I've did, uh, some shit on, on my show that you played on your show and, and all that shit. And I'll do that again today with the, one of the top fives that you had. Um, but you had a really funny unacceptable and it was, and what really made me laugh, well, the unacceptable, let me just put out there, the unacceptable that David said was people going to amusement parks with no shirts on. Now, that was that what really made me literally laugh out loud was when you were like, yeah, and I don't mean like take the shirt off after getting wet and letting the sun naturally dry them off. I mean like getting out of the car and walking into the amusement park with no shirt, like out of the gate. That made me laugh and that is absolutely fucking unacceptable. So that was that was really hilarious. You also had one where you were saying that um, people that like go online at a bank and they don't fill out the form beforehand or a place where people know that they're going to be ID'd and they don't have their ID in hand, they're not waiting, they just wait to get there and then waste the time. That's definitely unacceptable too. So I really, really liked your unacceptables. Those were hilarious. And the good thing about not doing the contest right now and holding off um, is that I'll be able to just, you know, say, tell, because most of them are funny. The contest, we're going to have to pick the funniest um, when we get to that point. But um, I want to announce these because I think it's really funny. And um, Jeff in Scottsdale, another usual suspect listener to the show, he said um, when a girl wants to, when a woman wants to just have a full-fledged conversation in text. Now, here's what I'll say. I agree and disagree, but when you kept talking, I agreed more. I I definitely sometimes don't want to talk to people and hear their voice or just get into the conversation. So texting is a quick way to get your point across. And, you know, and even if it gets a little long-winded, at least you don't have to, like, get into the whole phone thing. But you're right. When it gets into, like, an argument or, like, talking about your day or, like, just go, that that really is unacceptable and that's too much. So I'll definitely give you that one. Um, now... My unacceptable, I'm just going to get into my unacceptable for the week since we're on the topic. And then um, I'll do this top five for the Hey My Man podcast. And then uh, and then we'll go on with the show. So my unacceptable for the week is um, I'm online at that same supermarket where the lady pushed me. If you listened to the episode, I had one of the, you know, a special needs lady or... Um, you know, mentally challenged, whatever you want to call it. I was standing in her spot bagging gifts and she, I mean, bagging groceries and she pushed me. Like, just shoved me aside and went into it. I talked about it also. If you didn't listen to 122, you could listen to that one. Um, people commented on it. A lot of people talked about it. I meant no disrespect to anybody with, uh, you know, any kind, but I mean, you know, you don't fucking push me. I don't give a fuck how fucked up in the head you are. You don't push people, you know? And I was just talking about, you know, when they have... It's just tough. It's just tough, man. It's tough to look at somebody with food on their face and shit. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> so my unacceptable, I'm in the same supermarket and I'm shopping and I don't know what it is, but like my record in the new supermarket, I'm like 0 for 3 with getting behind people. 
people either have the fucking coupon issues. You know those people, they got coupon issues, and then everybody around is looking around, and they always just give you that, hey, I'm real sorry about this. I'm real sorry. And you want to look at the worker, the employee, and go, listen, how about you cancel out this fucker's order because their shit's not in line? Like, let punish them. You know what I mean? Punish the people that don't have their shit together. And even if it's a problem on the on the you know on the store's end, it's still that customer's problem. It shouldn't be mine. So I shouldn't have to wait there. As soon as shit, they should have a seriously. They should have a time limit for these things. They should time limit three minutes. If you can't, if the fucking purchase can't go in for three minutes, then a manager needs to get the three minute alert in their fucking ear or something. And let's just for argument's sake or or hypothetical, we'll say register nine. So register nine goes off at three minutes. Something's not working with this lady's A card, B coupon, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's not working. Okay, three minutes goes off, which means, and they, when I say three minutes, I mean it takes three minutes. They can't even get one item. They can't get it going. Like it's rung up, and then now nothing is working. Boom. Erase it. I'm sorry, sir or ma'am. Now you have to wait because it is either your coupon or your card or are or, or bad with one of those two things, but the next person gets a chance. That's that's the way that it should go. Instead, you stand there fucked. They're embarrassed. They suck. You suck because you have to, you know, tell me sorry while a manager comes. They're telling me sorry. Everyone's telling me fucking sorry when 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 I didn't do anything and I shouldn't have to hear that shit. Okay? Especially if you see me hanging out there with a fucking bag of Doritos. Not that I buy Doritos all the time, but you know what I'm saying? Like if I bought some shit that was quick. I bought a, a six-pack of water, and I bought a bag of chips, and I bought some fucking cold cuts or some stupid shit. I got seven items, and I'm standing there. Cancel this bitch out or this dude out and let me get through, okay? The unacceptable I have, though, is after dealing with some shit like that, I had a lady who was having that problem, but the, here's the kicker, and here's why it's unacceptable for this week. She was buying like ceramic plates and bowls and shit. Who does that at a stop and shop or a supermarket? It's ridiculous. Okay? You're not even buying fucking food. What is this? Pier one imports you're buying? Like she was buying like orange fucking ceramic plates. She had a supermarket. All right, I want to go home and make a fucking sandwich, and I got to sit here while this lady's while while everything's getting fucked up because she's got bowls and ceramic plates. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And she looked and she gave me the sorry, and I kind of just wasn't. I just kind of like nodded lightly and just turned away because I was disgusted because she's buying fucking plates. Nobody does that. Nobody's like, yeah, man, I'm going to go get some fucking plates and bowls. I'm going to the supermarket. No, you go get plates and bowls at a nice place. Or you, you know what I mean? You invest some shit in that. You're going to be shoving your fat face with these things for years to come. You don't buy it at a fucking supermarket. It's unacceptable on so many other levels. So that's unacceptable for the week. Uh, all right, so moving on. Uh, David... From the Hey My Man podcast said uh, they wanted to me to talk about um, two things. Top five documentaries and top five st- stinkiest celebrities in Hollywood. And 
I believe you said stink when you said stinkiest, you meant like who I actually think smells, which is another reason why I did it because, you know, I normally wouldn't answer questions, you know, like this. But your questions are bizarre and fucking funny and after the last thing that we did, it made me laugh. So, um I don't know, dude. I I I just like it and I get it. So, uh if I can entertain my listeners and yours with this, uh, hopefully it works. How about that, David, huh? Pretty nice of me. All right. Here we go. Top five documentaries. I can't really, I can't, it's hard to narrow it down, so I'm going to do more of the stinkiest ones. But I, I got to say, I love the Jimmy the Greek on the 30 for 30. I love the two Escobars on the 30 for 30. Um, I thought those were... I thought those were great. There was one about basketball players. I forgot the name of it. There was one about up and coming basketball players. Um, oh, the, yeah, the the that Benji one. The, the, yeah, the thirty for thirties. I'd have to say, like I I could just pick out five of those which are good. There was one with uh, there was ones with young basketball players in New York, and they uh, they were coming up. I don't know what they're doing today or whatever, and it was something that was so intriguing, it was like, you know, these inner city kids that were playing basketball, and they were really good, and people were looking at them, and I think one got hurt, I forgot the name of it, but that was a good one, and um, if I think of another one, you know, but I would say I could, any one of the, I mean, the 30 for 30s were just, were, were great, they were just, I mean, the 30 for 30s that ESPN does, any of those are awesome, um, but I got to do the stinkiest one because I was thinking about this. And I'll go through my thought process with you guys. Top five people in Hollywood that I think smell. You know what the weirdest thing is? And this is a guy who hasn't been acting that much lately. But the dude from Deliverance, um, not James Earl Jones. What's the fucking Spanish dude's name? Not Lou Diamond Phillips. Holy shit, what's his name? It's killing me. Oh, my God. I got to, you know what, as I do this, I have to, not de, not deliverance, is it deliverance? No, it's uh, the fucking, the teacher guy in California who did, you know, did the, the sh- all right, now I got to look, I'm sorry, I'm going to actually look at this with you people on here, I'm sorry, it's, I, I can't believe, what is the guy's fucking name, it's killing me, stand and deliver. That's the movie, Stand and Deliver, and the dude's name, you guys who all know it right now are probably getting frustrated going, it's this, it's fucking this, say it, Stand, Stand and Deliver, alright, here we go, what's the guy's fucking name, come on, come on, oh, it's going to be satisfying for us all, (laughs) what the fuck is his name? Edward James Almost. And you know what? Lou Diamond Phillips was in that too. I think you had to have three names to be in that movie. Edward James Almost looks like he smells like something. I don't know. Like a mixture of bad deodorant and like... And like old meat. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But he's one that I would say. Um... I feel like, you know, there's got to be like a good-looking, attractive actor slash actress 
that may have a weird you know what I didn't get from you I didn't see I, I don't know if I got the whole description can this be stinkiest even in a good way because I feel like James Woods smells like a bad cologne but it would probably still not be gross, but it would just be a bad cologne. So I'll say Edward James almost, James Woods. I I would say that um, who probably stinks. Um, oh, here's one. You guys, you guys. Um, you guys love John Goodman, and you wanted me to talk about John Goodman on the last thing. I bet you John Goodman smells a little weird. I think Bill Murray would have a, a, a funkiness to him, maybe. Again, a, a guy that's not, it wouldn't be that bad, but it wouldn't be great. And then I would say, got to put a female in here. Who's a pig? Um... Which female you look at? I'm sorry. I probably should have been more prepared for your top five list, but I thought it was hilarious, and I, I wanted to go through it with everybody. So what do I have so far? I got uh, Edward James Almost, James Woods, Bill Murray. Um, it's got to be who's a, a John Goodman, and let's get a female in here. I was gonna I, no no I was gonna say Catherine Heigl or whatever but I don't think so. She's probably on it. She looks like she'd be on it. Like like she looks like she does smell, but she knows she does. So then she works on it, overcompensates. So she's probably okay. Um, who's a fucking pig that you think would just be like, Ugh. yeah, she definitely. Oh well, what's her name? Um, Michelle Rodriguez. I think one time she was on like punked or something and she was just talking like a pig and she was talking about like farting and it was just gross and I was like ah so maybe her. So those are the ones off the t those are the ones like off the top that I first thought of and I'm like I smell you know I'll probably end up thinking of others but and I just realized that I had a couple of like Latinos. I'm this is not a fucking racist thing. <laughs> so uh there you go, man. I had fun with that. But yeah, I, I just feel that like they smell. I don't know why. You know, I think like somebody as fucked up as Charlie Sheen still has his shit together. You know, I feel like even like a Lindsay Lohan, someone like that, I feel like even though they're going through shit, I feel like people would think that they would be messed up, but they actually like got their shit together. Like they're, 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 they're freshly smelling good cokeheads. I just feel like the older, you know, I'm going to listen to see what you guys say, but, um, all right, that's it. I had fun. Thank you. Okay, guys, getting, getting to the podcast now. Um, a couple things I wanted to talk about. I'm going to do a little comedy talk here. Not much, just a little bit, just a little bit. And then I want to talk about some drinks. I want to talk about cigars and I want to talk about dogs and I want to talk about the show Ray Donovan. So we got some shit to talk about here. Let's get into this comedy thing. I realized something, man, and I was like, you know, I love to be honest about my career on the show. It's it's part of why I do the show. And I feel that 
I'm getting stagnant with the short sets. And that was my alarm to go, dude, you got to go on the road and you got to do the road and you got to stretch out and do either a half hour or 45 minutes a lot more now. And it was the balance that I always talk about. For people that don't know or just started listening to the show, um, my career and the way that I've been doing comedy is kind of reversed from how a lot of other comedians do it. The the typical formula, I would say, and everybody has their own path, so there's no one way, there's no right or wrong, but I think that the typical way where people like, like the common story is a comedian lives in a city, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, you know, Boston, a market like that, which is a good stand-up scene, and what happens is they have the day job, and, well, this is the obvious way to start it, but then it goes in different directions, and I'll explain. So they have the day job, and then at night, they go to an open mic, and they start to do it, and then it either goes bad, and they want to get better, or it goes well, and they want to see where it goes, and they start doing it more and more, and then what happens is they get into that scene really big, and then they get a killer certain amount of minutes, and then they get into a click, and then industry comes out, and they get on a showcase, and they work, work, work real hard, they get to a festival, or they get something like that, and then they get representation, and then they go on the road, and they start to feature, and then they start to headline, and that's, and then wherever they go from there. Not the case with me. With me, I did an open mic. I did contests. I was a big contest guy. I did contests. I would be, yeah, who's you know funniest man here? This and that. I would do contests, and I would do um, you know bringer shows, and I would do all that bullshit in New York. And then I would, you know, and and not that I wasn't taking it seriously, there just wasn't enough stage time for me. So what I did was I did the urban circuit, I did the black rooms, I did the, you know, I was the the token white guy on a lot of the, you know, the, the black rooms and, you know, I came up that way. And then what I did was when I was good at like short sets, whether it would be in an urban room or doing bringer shows or jumping on a quick spot here or there um i went on vacation and i went into a comedy club in myrtle beach south carolina and it was a legit comedy club that's been there for years and i talked to the people and i had won a contest that flew me out to vegas and i told the booker there hey man the owner and booker whatever i said you know i'm in town i love to do a show and so why don't you just come back tuesday and we'll do a guest spot a guest spot is just you go in you do like eight to eight minutes or whatever on a show and show them what you got you don't get paid or anything like that but you're on a pro show so i i never forget it was john fox the legendary john fox got rest his soul and i um i went up and i did great and the guy was like hey and i just kept following up following up following up and finally they booked me to feature and all in the meantime, I wasn't really running around the city doing spots because I really didn't have opportunities like to, to do them. So I went to that club in Myrtle Beach and I featured and I didn't have enough time. I was supposed to do 25 minutes. I barely had 20. 
So I figured it out on the road. I figured it out on the fly. And then feature in there got me to kind of get into other rooms. And then like I slowly but surely would just make tapes here and there and got management. And then um, my management made me feature. And then all of a sudden I started doing a lot of road. So I went on the road and I was doing 25 minute half hour sets way before I was ever really known or making any kind of you know headway in New York City. And I remember doing really well and a buddy, you know, put me up on this nice money gig, a private gig. And he was like, dude, you're funny, but you got to get in New York City. And this is like five years ago. I'm not even kidding. Like, this is like, this is not, this is like four and a half, five years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I was doing well on the road and comics that I had opened for on the road, big name comics that I was opening for on the road. You know, hey man, yeah, I guess I remember David Tell. I was in North Carolina with David Tell and I had a great fucking weekend opening for David Tell. And I was like, yeah man, I'll see you down in the city. And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. In my mind, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to happen because I'm not really in the city. And I started to realize like, man, if you're doing well with these guys on the road, you really need to break into the scene. So now all of these younger comedians, and I don't mean age younger, I mean just like three years doing it, when now I'm I'm doing it seven, eight years at the time, nine years at the time since I picked up a microphone. These guys are doing it three, four years and they're getting like all these like auditions for networks and TV and getting these festivals. And I'm like, you know, not to be a dick, but I was like, I could shit on these people. Like I can fucking blow that dude out of the water. And like he's getting shit and what, what's going on. And what was going on was that dude was grinding hard in the city while I was stretching out my time on the road. So I was like, yeah, I got to get in the city. So what I did was I started going to the city. Um, I had a lot of time. And I didn't realize that the road, doing the road so much and not the city was a problem. Because I was, my material was killing on the road. But I wasn't really, that wasn't allowing me to be this honest Wow, this just got really fucking good, didn't it? Like, I'm, I'm realizing this shit as I'm telling you guys, so I know it must be good because I'm like, holy shit, I'm, I'm discovering this shit too right now. And this, this should be interesting, and I'm sorry if you're not into comedy or you're a non-comic, but this is, um, this is pretty cool. So, for me too. Um, wow. Yeah, so what happened was I was going into the city... And I was doing some material that was murdering on the road. But I was realizing that when I was doing it, it wasn't really the honest. The road was allowing me, because sometimes on the road they want to see whatever, laughs. And you just want to get laughs. So I was getting laughs, but I didn't understand. Like when I was in the city, I wasn't getting the proper you know, respect that I should get, that I felt I should get. You know, so I was like, man, this sucks. You know, this isn't cool, man. Like, I should be, why aren't I, you know, and I was killing, but I wasn't getting the respect. Like, I was killing, but I wasn't getting the respect from the industry, and and I really wasn't getting respect from from other comics. Like, this is like, yeah, this is probably, I would say, like five years ago. So, like, I would kill, and then I would get off. He's like, oh, eight, yeah. And then I would be like, man, I just killed him. Hey, man, yeah, good set. And I was like, what the fuck is the problem? And then I realized when I went into the city, I started to see what the industry and what people wanted. And um, 
it was fine. I mean, I had the ability to do it. I just, I was so trained in just going up and murdering and just trying to kill and just trying to please the crowd and trying to, you know, get the laughs and be the funny guy instead of being the memorable fucking really like good comic, which is, no, be vulnerable, be honest. And I learned that. See, that's what you need to, that's what people who are trying to do this need to understand. If you're a good road comic, but you're not like in a city doing it like, you know, almost on a nightly basis and you're going into clubs working stuff out and like people are coming up to you, especially comedians and industry's not looking at you, it's probably because you're kind of content in this fucking stagnant state that you're in where even if you're murdering, And we talk about all the time, like killing in obscurity, but going and getting your chops and finding out, oh, okay, the difference between being this memorable, great comedian or being just the funny guy is honesty and vulnerability and realness. And when you're able to work that shit out on a nightly basis in the city that you're based in, then go on the road, then you got the package of both worlds, because the road has given you the time, you could do a half hour if you're middling, you could do 45 to an hour if you're headlining, but in the city, you're working out all these really honest stories about your life, and yourself, and and it's realer, and now industry's starting to pay attention to you, and it was only up until probably, I would say, um, 2013, I would say like right in the middle of 2009, was when I started to have people saying shit like, you know, you know, so yeah, that was probably when I was like really going hard at it for like six or seven years where it went from killing and not understanding why people weren't approaching me to now doing, you know, doing well and having people go, man, that one bit you did. And all of a sudden people started to really pay attention more and then, oh, come to this, come to that. And then like three years into the city, like you start getting the more and more respect and, but you're doing the shorter sets. And I've talked before about how when you go on the road, some people are like, man, you comics from New York only got 12 minutes. I wasn't that. I was a comic from New York who could do, who could, who could stretch out a lot of time. The thing is, I was just that funny dude from New York, but I wasn't really saying anything. And I feel like when I got into the city, I was saying something. So that that's really as honest and real as I can be. Um, that's and and anytime like you need both, you do need both. You need to whenever you're home, wherever your home base is, go into those clubs and work shit out and talk about your life and get honest. Another thing that I learned too um, was. When I, when I first started going to the city, I would go to the city and just do what killed on the road. And I realized, well, why am I doing shit that I know is tested and proven? It doesn't make sense to drive into the city and do jokes that you know work. I mean, now sometimes if bookers are there or like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, develop my first album, so I'll bring stuff back. But I, you know, like tonight I went in and I was so doing so many of the same reps in, um, in Montreal, I would always flip the set around and make it interesting and change stuff or maybe add something here or there, but I'm just, I was used to doing short sets, and now being in the city so much, I've been doing short sets, like I was really happy with tonight, because tonight I I wrote a new joke about, you know, about people's commutes and stuff, and how people lie about their commutes and shit, and it, it worked, and it went well, and like that's the one thing I took from tonight, 
But I guess what I what I was saying was like these short sets. I feel sta- I feel like stagnant right now because I was in Montreal. I did fourteen shows and all in, in, in ten days, and I was doing you know stuff that I had to kill because everybody was out there. You had to kill. Then you come home. You're doing city spots. They're short spots. So like I'm not. I, I, and I'm like I need to get on the road now. I need to now do all of the stuff that the new stuff that I've been working on stuff and go on the road and do that. So that's one thing that I'm really focused on. But um, it was the first time in a long time where the I felt the okay, you got to get on the road now. You got to do more, you know. And you know when I that's what was nice when I headlined uh, Bananas recently. I was able to like say, oh man, okay, I got this joke, I got that. And then after that, you just go back to short, short, short. And it's not, it's, you know, it's not, it's not what I want. What I want to do is I want to stretch out and um, embrace, (laughs) embrace some bad, some bad moments on stage, embrace some silent moments or embrace some things where I'm just talking from the heart to get those two or three jokes out that I really fucking need to get. And um, so that that's where I'm at career-wise. Uh, I hope that didn't bore you too much, but that was almost therapy for me. So um, there you go. There, that was the comedy portion. Like, I don't mean like I was funny during that portion. I mean, that was me talking about my comedy career. All right. Let's talk about drinks, everybody. This is going to be the uh, segment. I know it's not a smooth segue, but here we go. What's your favorite drink? Got to stop with the sugar shit. You got to stop with the color shit. I'm advising everybody right now. I'm going to try to help all of you blue drinking, you know, pink, red drinking with ice and 15 umbrellas. And now it tastes like a fuck. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like anytime somebody starts it off by saying, you know what it tastes like? It tastes like that candy. It's going to fucking be some shitty, sugary bullshit with syrup. (laughs) You know that can't, you remember the ring pops? You remember the purple one? Yeah, they call this the purple ring pop because it tastes just like it's shit. It's shit that goes right to your neck and is going to make you fat. It sucks. The purple. Yeah, this one's called the Dirty Girl Scout. You know those Girl Scout cookies? Yeah, it's just, and you feel like you ate a roast beef sandwich after having three shots of these disgusting, shitty drinks that people drink. It's stupid. Just, just, here's what you do. I'm telling you right now. It's time to man up if you're an adult. If you're an adult... If you're out of your 20s and you want to drink to feel like to, to, to socialize, feel a nice little buzz, relax, and not be some stupid kid who's throwing shots into a beer glass and sucking it down and screaming like you just got a, you know, your team just won the Super Bowl. Stop it. You know those people? Those. You, here's how you know drinks suck when they when they people say they taste like candy or when there's like rules to how to drink it. You know those people? Like, no, here's what you do. You got to take a shot glass and you got to pour it in the shot glass. Then you got to throw it, you got to throw it down the stairs into a cup, okay? Then you're going to pick the cup up. You got to kick it into your backyard. You got to run after it, jump on it, take a cup of water, throw it all together, and then it goes down the chute. I am telling you right now, it will fucking, it will fuck you up. No, no, you got to get a mug. You got a mug? All right, you got a mug and salt? 
All right, you got to rake. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's like enough. Enough. Stop it. You don't need that. How about this, asshole? Get a great scotch or whiskey. You throw two inches of it in a glass with a couple of rocks. You sip on it. And you smoke a cigar like a fucking gentleman, like a man. That's what you do. And you find a good one. You find a good scotch or a good whiskey, put some hair on your chest, pull your balls back and be a fucking man and stop drinking a Jolly Rancher with some sugar around the fucking rim. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It gets you fat. It sucks. It, I don't care how it tastes. It's fucking alcohol. You sit there, you get a good tasting scotch. That's what you get. It, it just it, It's one of those things where... If you're drinking for candy to taste like candy and get fucked up, it's just, it, how about you just get the candy? How about instead of getting a drink that tastes like the candy, you get the real candy to enjoy the candy. Instead of saying it just tastes like a Jolly Rancher, go get real fucking Jolly Ranchers. And if you want to get fucked up that bad, do two or three shots of some straight up strong shit instead of 15 shots of something that tastes like the candy you want. Why don't you buy a bag of Jolly Ranchers and go get some straight up fucking tequila or some whiskey like a man and just throw the shit down. And I'm sorry ladies, I know ladies drink whiskey too. When I say like a man, it's just a fucking, you know. I gotta tell you, I drank Johnny Walker Blue. Johnny Walker Blue Label. We were at the we were at an open bar, Comedy Central through an open bar party, and uh, in Montreal. And I had no idea. Like when they say open bar, I mean I knew it would be like top shelf, but I didn't know what, what they were gonna give. And they somebody's like, "Did you get the Johnny Blue?" For you people that don't know, Johnny Walker Blue Label. Forget red, forget black. Johnny Walker Blue Label. I think it's like $250 a bottle or some insane amount of money for a bottle. So I go up there and I was like, let me get a double Johnny Walker Blue. And this tasted so amazing. I might have talked about it before. If I didn't on the podcast, I think I did. But Johnny Walker Blue Label. Holy shit. And I'm into cigars now. I'm into cigars and I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get, um, my wife doesn't like it. You know, my wife's like, ah, oh, you're smoking too many cigars. And I'm kind of like, ah, oh, leave me alone. But she's right. I'm not smoking too many. I'm not smoking like one a day. But when I smoke, I'm smoking like multiple cigars a week. I love it. Like I want to get a cigar case. I have a humidor already, but I want to get like a cigar case. Where like I hold two or three and I keep it in my fucking, you know, upper pocket like a real yuppity cocksucker. Like I wanna get that. I wanna get I, I just love the whole I wanna get a lighter, like a cutting thing. I love cigars. If you guys out there have any suggestions on something that's kinda strong but still smooth, let me know. But I like the smooth ones. I like the Romeo and Juliet's. I like the um there was one Cuban I, I had that I loved. It was probably one of the best cigars I ever had. But then there was another Cuban that was way too strong. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You got to be. But if you guys know of any good cigars, please let me know that that's smooth and cool. And if you know of any good whiskeys. I had, I had some serious whiskey before. 
like that Booker shit. If you ever have Booker, you basically sip it and you wake up the next day. That's how strong it is. <laughs> you might as well fucking prepare that drink on the rocks or neat next to your bed in your pajamas with your head under the pillow as you sip it. It's a wrap. Really, really strong stuff, man. Good, but strong. But the Johnny Walker Blue. Oh, my God. I can't even believe that they could make the, a whiskey, a scotch, any kind of booze like that taste like that. So good. I mean, it's an acquired taste, but if you have the the, the acquired taste, which I do now, um, just, just awesome. Absolutely awesome. So let me know about cigars. Uh, if you know some, uh, talk about it on Butterfly or uh, email me, uh, message me on Facebook, tweet me at Paul Verzi. Just let me know cigars or you know scotches or whiskeys, because that's I'm not trying. I'm really you know I'm doing well with the diet. I'm not drinking like a pig. I've had since Montreal, which I came back on the 29th of last month, and we are on what is this? We're we're on the 19th, the 18th, whatever. Um, I've had a couple glasses of wine. I'm doing good. Because that's the thing. And I know there's dudes listening. Go, what the fuck about beer? Beers are, beers are great. I love a great beer. I love to try new beers. But let's be honest. If you're a serious beer drinker, you're a fat fuck. You don't talk to like skinny, insane... Like unless you do... Unless, I mean, excluding the people that run 10 miles every morning... That are, but I'm talking about the people that go to work, you know, come home and chill out and just constantly are talking and drinking beers and thinking about beers. 99% of the time, they're probably either obese or morbidly obese. And by the way, morbidly obese is a lot lighter than you think it would be. Morbidly obese is 30 pounds of overweight. If you're 30 pounds overweight, you're more. I think they say you're morbidly obese. And if you're like 10 pounds overweight, you're like obese. Or, or no, maybe 30 is obese. And then if you're like 50, you're morbidly obese. Which is <laughs> such a funny name. Because you know the doctor has to tell the person that. The doctor has to be like, all right, dude, here's the deal. You're six foot one. You're 340. Um, you're, I guess, what the industry is calling morbidly obese. <laughs> and some dude or woman's just sitting there looking, nodding their head like, yeah, I know, I know. I just, I just love fucking cheese. I'm trying to cut out cheese. You got to cut out cheese. You got to cut out everything good. It'd be great if you just lost weight and got ripped if by eating fucking hunks of cheddar. Just the shittiest stuff. Just hunks of cheddar and Twizzlers. All right, everybody. Let's get down to business here. I still got to talk some sports. I saw a movie. I got to plug some shit. I'm 43 minutes in, and we got to talk about one more thing before we get into that. This is episode 123 of the Verzi Effect I'm getting loopy now. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting loopy. 
Um, all right. We're getting a dog, everybody. This is the big news. There will be a new member of the Verzi clan. I got my son. I got my daughter. I am uh, in my nice, modest home here in upstate New York, up in northern Westchester County. I have uh, like an acre of property that's just waiting for some dog to be running up and down, and there's a dog that's going to come here. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm not saying this to be an arrogant jerk. I'm saying this because it's true. There is a dog somewhere out there, and within the next two or three weeks, he has no idea... He or she, I don't care what the, you know, male or female, but he or she is going to come to this yard and just go, holy shit, I just hit the mother load. Like dogs can't jerk off, but if they could, they would see this yard and be like, yeah, I got to go, I'm going into the woods, I got to use the bathroom for a second. And then they would grab their hoof and they would jack themselves. Oh, they actually physically, I don't think they can because it's like behind them. But this yard is waiting for a dog to just go crazy in it. And there's a dog that is going to lose their fucking mind when they see the yard. Now, wanted a guard dog good with families. Did the top 10 list. You know all of the usual suspects of this. German Shepherd, Boxer, Rottweiler. Uh, Bernice uh, uh, Mountain Dog is a good one. A New Finland. Have you guys seen a New Finland? New Finlands are like the best dogs with kids. They could swim. They look like a grizzly bear. I'm not. It, it looks like you would have a gigantic black bear as a pet when they. It, it, it's it's almost silly how big they are. Then I was looking at this thing called a Visla. It's a Hungarian dog. It's tan. It's got like blue eyes. They run around like maniacs, but they don't want to ever leave your side. Their nickname is like the Velcro dog because they're always attached to your hip. Literally, they just won't leave you alone. And I just don't know if I want to be playing outside with something or having to play with my kids. And then when it's time to like lay down, this thing is just like, you know, laying in bed and, and, and just walking everywhere. I don't know if I want that. I need help with this because this is a big decision and I don't know what dog to get. Every time I lean toward, like the shepherd and the husky, man, those were the two I wanted. But the only issue with the shepherd and the husky is they shed. And we got, you know, we got the floors done. I, I just don't want to be, I don't want that. I don't want, and my wife definitely doesn't want it, but I totally get it. I don't want it either. I don't want that. What do I do? What do I do? What do I get? Is there a great dog out there that doesn't shed, is a great guard dog, and isn't a lunatic? Because a boxer dog, a boxer hits those hits hits all those, but a boxer goes nuts when you come home. I know people with boxers. Like a boxer is so in love. A boxer is so in love with its owners that like they lose their shit. Like, I want a dog to be really cool when we come home. You know, happy to see it, wagging its tail, you know, great mood, maybe run in a circle or two, gets all the... But, like, I don't want a thing, like, a boxer, like, starts bucking up and down like a Bronco. They, like, they run down and they come back and they slide because they're so big and heavy and their nails slide on the floor. I don't know if I want that shit. 
I can't have a grizzly bear sitting in my living room. I, I don't know. I just don't know what to get. I'm not getting a pussy dog. I'm not getting a little, you know, I'm not, I got two fucking cats here that are bigger than little dogs. I got a 20 pound cat in this house. Looks like, this thing is sick. I got like an, a 17 pound and an eight and, and, a, and a 20 pound cat. I'm not going to get a little terrier. I don't want that little bark. You know, that little, I don't want that shit. I don't want that. Okay. I want to get a fucking German police officer dog. I, I want, I want, I want it to feel like there's a German soldier standing outside my door at all times. And you get that with a shepherd. You really do. A German shepherd is the dog I really want to get. Just smart as shit. Just like a, but the, the problem with German shepherds is, and everybody says this, they're so overprotective of the family that people that are friends of the family or other family members come over and they always feel like the dog is looking because the dog is just like, yeah, you ain't part of this shit. Like in the long, like, like, like you're not, like I know you're not in this shit always. So who are you? What are you about to do? Because it's not going to happen on my watch. And people feel that look. Like a German shepherd looks at your eyes just like, dude, you fuck up in this house. I'm going to destroy you. And we both know it just by this look I'm giving you right now. I kind of like that, but at the same time, I don't want people going like, yeah, your dog's looking at me every time I go into the kitchen like it's going to bite my neck off. I don't want people to feel that. So I guess my question is, is there a dog out there? Because I didn't even know what a Vistla was. Or I've seen them, but I didn't know all the I didn't know everything about the Hungarian uh, Vistla dog until last night. So I want that that re, you know I want a guard dog when I'm you know away out of town. I know shit's being held down. Because I've seen German Shepherds too and I'm like, yeah, that thing is not, that thing will not be happy if I go anywhere near. When we were on our honeymoon, this couple from Jersey told us that when they had a newborn baby, the doctor was like, oh, you got a German Shepherd? Put the baby down right in front of it and let the Shepherd lick it. Thinking about that seems really irresponsible, the fact that they did it. But they did it, and the German Shepherd did what the doctor said. It walked up to the thing. It sniffed the baby. It licked the baby. And then literally patrolled the baby's crib like a police officer. And if you weren't the parent, you couldn't get fucking near it. It would just rip you to shreds. If, it, if, if anything was, any danger was near that kid, that dog was ready to just straight up do you know take care of it i like that but at the same time I, you know i don't want my brother to come over and go and take a piss and like walk in my daughter's room and have a fucking german shepherd latched on his ankle although his scream <laughs> his scream and initial yell would be absolutely worth worth it <laughs> Isn't that funny? The person's laugh when the dog first like, well, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, and then they try to like, <laughs> they're trying to be polite <laughs> with the people. Like, hey, I think I need a. <laughs> Your dog is uh, hey, 
hey, dogs just fucking, ah, like fucking half a tooth deep into your ankle. So we're think we're figuring out the dog. We're figuring out the dog. I'm de- I mean, I know the definite knock gets, but I would say the finalist. I'm still trying to talk her into. I know why I'm whispering. She's a little I'm still trying to talk her into a husky. Siberian huskies are the shit. I mean, it's like a wolf with blue eyes. It's like that, like hangs out in the snow. I mean, how cool is that? I know somebody uh, was telling me that they had friends who had them, and they strapped the kids to the sled, and the thing would just run up and down the yard with the kids in a in a. I mean, that's ridiculous. So that's it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking at. Um, all right, let's get into sports. So there you guys go. I just asked three questions. If you guys know a good scotch, good cigar, or a good dog, I know some good ones that I have, but if there's anything out there, I mean, I know I got listeners out there in Scotland, so you got, come on, you fuckers know something that I don't know, you're in Scotland right now, okay, give me, give me something, I know that I got some listeners in New Zealand, is there a dog from New Zealand that's the shit, let me know. All right, here we go, everybody. We got some sports to talk about. Um, I think what I'm gonna, do, I think I'm getting into the Yankees because they're bad now and they need like ten games to get back into things or eight games. So like knowing that they probably won't make the playoffs with that gigantic payroll is making me say, huh? Now I'd like to see them go on a run and slip into the playoffs. So maybe that will make me fall back into it. And uh, I don't know what happened with the with the Red Sox game tonight, but they came back. I was listening in the car. I was going through in the car, and I heard that uh, Brett Gardner hit a base-clearing triple to go up 7-6, I think, in the sixth inning. So that was kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool. I wish I was watching this. So hopefully that will change, and I could get into, because let's be honest, October is the best sports month. You got you, the end of October, you got basketball starting, football's been going on, and baseball is like the World Series and the playoffs. So that right there, so hopefully that can get me in. And with the NFL, the NFL coming out, um, I think we're in for a good one, man. These these preseason games have been awesome. These young kids are playing great. Russell Wilson in Seattle, that kid is awesome. Kaepernick. You got um, that the kid, Sam Fran kid was doing good. Alex Smith, and now he's a KC. Interested in seeing that. Vic looks really good. You know, Peyton's going to be Peyton. Brady's going to be Brady. Eli will be solid like he always is. So you got those good quarterbacks. Matt Ryan. This is probably, I would say, the NFL has never had this many Really good quarterbacks. That kid Dalton in, in in Cincinnati is good. Flacco's coming off his Super Bowl in Baltimore. Think about that. They're saying Sam Bradford in uh, as the Rams is, is pretty good. Carson Palmer looks good in preseason with Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. This is probably, with the exception of the Jets, but I feel like you got to preface everything with the exception of the Jets. This is probably the best quarterbacks in history of the NFL. If you really think about the amount of teams and the amount of good quarterbacks. Let's go through it real quick. What else are you going to do? Nothing. You're sitting there. You're loving it because you're sitting at work and you hate work. Arizona Cardinals got Carson Palmer. That's a good That's a good pickup. 
Okay, Kaepernick, San Fran's good. Gonna, probably going to be great. Aaron Rodgers, one of the best, maybe the best quarterback in the league. Peyton Manning, ridiculous. Tom Brady, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Michael Vick, uh, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan. Uh, this Andy Dalton kid in Cincinnati's coming coming into his own. Alex Smith. Um, Buffalo, you don't know. Buffalo's that team. You just you know you don't know where that's gonna go yet. Who else? Um, yeah, I mean that's that's just you know even what's his name even. Um, Even the kid, there's that, well, I don't know what Flynn will do with the Raiders, but there's that other kid, too. Who's the, um, what fucking team is it? I'm not saying, Fran, am I missing a, a team in the West? Oh, so even Sam Bradford, they're saying he's gonna, they're saying he's gonna, you know, this is the year, we'll see. He looked good in the preseason, too. And I, let's be honest, Tony Romo, I know I call him Tony Oh No and he always screws up, but the guy puts up 400-yard games multiple times in a year. I mean, the guy's good. He just has that shitty moment, but he's good. Tony Romo's good. So it's a lot of, oh, that and that other kid, that maybe this is who I was thinking about, that Tannenbaum guy. Um, Tannehill, I'm sorry, Tannehill. I was thinking the Royal Tannenbaum. Uh, yeah, the kid, Ryan Tannehill in Miami. He's got Mike Wallace who was the receiver for the Steelers. So I, I think you're going to see this is probably the best. It's Oh, my God. How am I forgetting Andrew Luck in the Colts? That kid, that kid's, I mean, this is the best. I'm telling you, this is the best quarterback, quarterbacks in one league at one time than I think ever. So I'm looking forward to that, and I will be making my pick for Super Bowl. I know I kind of touched on it last uh, last week with Atlanta and Denver. I'll make the final pick in two weeks before the year. Okay, everybody, I saw a movie. I will review the movie. I will do the plugs, and then I will get you guys out of here. I took my son to see Disney Pixar Planes, starring Dane Cook, which was a re- was was one of the reasons why I didn't wa- I didn't know if I'd like it. And I'm not saying that to be a dick or hate on Dane cuz lord knows he's got a bunch of those, but just kind of no like I don't know. Just kind of like I don't know, like seeing him in the same club I was in doing a show that he did, like seeing him it just I don't it was just something weird about it. Like having friends that are really good friends of his. There was just something weird about seeing like a big movie with your kid or a big for your kid at least. And then hearing that voice. I don't know. I got past it. He did a great job with it. Um, I'll tell you what I liked about the movie and what I didn't like. And parents, if you took your kids, let me know if you agree or disagree. Here's what I liked about the movie. The movie went right into the story without that stupid like a lot of backstory stuff or like you know finding a way to develop into it and that's obviously better for kids in the way Disney likes to do it with kids but like there are some that like start off slow and then it gets going and this was awesome this was basically 
the plane wants to fly in this race, you know, tries to qualify for the race, gets in the race, and then it's a, a race around the world because they're planes, obviously, and they, they, it just starts, like, and they're like, each increment of the race is like the whole movie so it's like it was pretty like when the movie was over I was like oh my god I could have kept watching that it went by so fast that was awesome um that you know some of the characters on it were cool here's what I didn't like about it what I didn't like about it was it was just so much modeled after cars that I don't know if it separated itself as a great Disney Pixar movie boom that's what I meant to say that's what I wanted to say. I didn't know if I'd be able to like, I think that people are going to go, it's good, but I don't know if it's going to be that like stand out. Like cars stood out. Finding Nemo stood out. Like oh, it was different. This was just basically them going, all right, let's make cars in the air and we'll kind of reverse. Like, you know, the way Paul Newman played Doc which was like the guy that, you know, was, was giving Lightning McQueen a hard time. I'm like nerding out. This is like the nerd out version for parents. This would be like geeks talking about Star Wars, and I'm talking about this shit like it, it, it's that intense. But no, there was, you know, the Paul Newman character, Doc, that kind of had that character, but then like it turned out like he wasn't really as cool as he said he was, and like he made... He had to like prove himself to the to the plane as opposed to lightning having to prove himself. So they so they they flip things. Oh my god, that's how you know I'm tired. I just yawned. That might be the first yawn on the Verzi effect. Maybe that commute is getting to me. No, so that's that's what I would say that I didn't like about it. Was it was it was basically just modeled so much after cars. But it, it, it was entertaining and good and the planes flying in the air and all that shit was like, you know, the speed and the, the cinematography of it and all that animation was great. So uh, my son liked it and he got a little toy plane and that's it. So I would definitely say, parents, if you want to take your kids and you don't want to be like looking at your watch or going, when is this shit going to be over? Awesome to do. It really was. Because I'll be honest, I took my son to see Turbo, I took my son to see Monsters University, and both of those movies, they had their moments, but I was like, alright, like, I don't care when this is over. Like, Planes, I was just like, oh man, it's done? I could have watched this for a little longer. That, you know, so, there you go. Okay, plugs everybody. Because you guys deserve better than me yawning on this fucking thing. And I'm telling you, I'm not tired and not not interested. I'm just, like, I'm not tired of you, like, of doing this shit. Fuck it, I don't owe an explanation to anybody. I'm just saying that I'm enjoying doing this, but my body right now is just like, dude, you're done. Um, this Friday, I will be opening for Bill Burr at the MGM Grand at Foxwoods in Connecticut. This Friday at 9 p.m., MGM Grand at Foxwoods Casino. With my buddy, what does he call himself, Billy Redface, Bill Burr. Saturday, I will be hosting all three shows at The Stand, 8, 10, and midnight at The Stand Comedy Club between 19th and 20th Street and 3rd Avenue. And Sunday, I am going to be doing, I might be doing a private show. I don't know. I might be doing a private show. 
I don't even know the details, but it's in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, and I will figure that out, and I will let you guys know. Also, September 12th and 13th, I will be opening for Bill Burr in El Paso, Texas on the 12th at the Abraham Chavez Theater. And on the 13th, September 13th, the Leela Cockrell Theater. I don't know what that is or whatever. Uh, those will, aren't on my website. They will be added to my website. But all the other dates that I mentioned are on my website. Check that out. And um, that's pretty much it. We're working on a teaser and a trailer for the documentary. That's what I'm gonna. We're gonna be talking about putting together something for the documentary movie we've been shooting. So we'll kind of do like a little teaser stuff like that. Got got some, you know, maybe a few few more shoots and uh, get get ready to edit this thing. So I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, I will announce when I'll be doing my first album, where where I will be recording it, where I will be recording it, and the name. Because I changed the name. I do not think it's gonna be. Let me tell. Let me tell you something anymore. Think think it might be something else. So that's it, everybody. Um, This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 123. I'm going to hit the sack. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, I am out of here. Thank you. Please keep the comments coming. I got a ton more comments on iTunes. So thank you guys for listening. Keep that up because I want the ratings and I want the the show, obviously, to keep moving up. And um, please download Butterfly Radio on your iPhone today. Thanks, everybody. And I will talk to you guys on episode 124. I am out. Later.